This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. I think most of you who have been listening to this show would agree with the fact that I'm not one to stand on ceremony. I'm not big on braggadocia. But after everything that took place yesterday afternoon and specifically last evening, Ian Fitzsimmons, I think it's I think it's fair to say. I think I'm confident in saying that this may be the greatest NASCAR handicapping show on Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> fair or foul with that statement, Mr. Fitzsimmons? I think that we went from deep in the red because uh, some of my selections for college basketball over the weekend got me in the red. We are now in the green because of our remarkable NASCAR knowledge. And let, But let's be perfectly fair here. Without a text message to Ryan McGee, who joined us yesterday and told us Christopher Bell – that's your long shot. Take him, you know, at plus 1,700. And then Evan Wilner, we've got to give Evan some credit yep. here, Joe, because he's the one that said, hey, let's put him in the top five, right, just to finish in the top five. He finishes third. You had all these matchups waiting on the big wreck, which happened late in the race. You won all four matchups. Because of Evan, I hit Bell in the top five. It was a glorious day, an absolute glorious day when it came to wagering on a sport that I have zero knowledge on. When we got the tip on Christopher Bell, I bet – and I bet recklessly. And I bet very recklessly to very the point aggressive. where right afterwards I thought I went way too far with this, way too hardcore. I don't even know what we're talking about. I'm making wagers without any sort of foundation outside of a tip. And that tip was a damn good tip because he finished third and we won all of our matchups. This That's show beautiful. right here is where you come for NASCAR coverage. Speaking of which, oh, by the way, the guy who won Daytona, William Byron, 28 minutes from now. 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Join in this show, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. The big man's out. Ian Fitzsimmons is in his stead. And we turn our attention to 65 days from today. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, 65 days from today. It's the first round of the 2024 NFL Draft. And with that in mind, SportsIllustrated.com's Albert Breer yesterday had the following report, quote, the Chicago Bears expect to have a plan in place at the quarterback position by next week at the scouting combine in Indianapolis. Breer also goes on to report that the Bears, quote, got inquiries from other teams about quarterback Justin Fields at the Senior Bowl. Those inquiries are normal, however. Yep. It's part of the due diligence in which every team engages. Now, with that report, I want you to keep in mind what Bears CEO Kevin Warren said about Justin Fields just last week. I'm a supporter of Justin, you know, because I got a chance to work with him when I was commissioner of the Big Ten Conference. He is incredibly talented. Uh, he is smart. Uh, he works hard. And uh, he wants to be a great NFL football player. And so now he just needs to make sure that he has the support around him. He's working hard. And then I would love to see him, you know, this offseason, make sure he's totally healthy going into the season next year. And so I just think every year he's going to continually get better. So I'm glad he's on the Chicago Bears. Okay, Kevin Warren, maybe Justin Fields is the future of the Chicago Bears, which means those phones, Ian Fitzsimmons, are going to be burning up early and often at the prospect of teams trading for one Caleb Williams, Heisman Trophy winner from over a year ago, coming out of USC. I'm curious, we were kicking this around this morning, how many different teams do you think realistically are going to reach out to the Bears specifically about the number one pick in Caleb Williams? You can go down to number eight and and, and – 
go climb the ladder. Uh, Washington at two, New England at three, every single one of them. Giants at six. If your general manager for any one of those teams that we just mentioned has not already been on the phone with the Chicago Bears about trading up to get that number one overall pick or trading for Justin Fields, but more importantly, the number one overall pick. Fields, I think, is a, is a whole other conversation we, we can get into. Sure. But, man, I'm telling you, I had Caleb Williams twice last year alone and then uh, twice the, in the previous year. So I've seen him in person four times. And as you know, Joe, I've told you this uh, several times over the years. I talked to the same five NFL scouts every single weekend going into work a game on ESPN Radio. Those five have probably had enough of you by the end of the season, I'd have to imagine. Dude, they are worn the bleep <laughs> out. I mean, they are so sick of that. They, like, dread the text message on – All right, looks like he cut out a little bit. We'll work on those issues, and we'll get back to Ian Fitzsimmons in just a moment as he's working through it. But the conversation here is as follows. How many teams do you think are interested in trading up to number one with the Chicago Bears should Justin Fields remain the quarterback of the Chicago Bears? I'd start with this. If you are a team, the Raiders at 13, the Broncos at 12, whatever it may be, if you believe through your people your personnel people, that Caleb Williams is a, quote, generational talent. There is virtually no price that is too steep. People will think that sounds ridiculous. But just ask the Kansas City Chiefs what it's like to have a generational quarterback. Now, that's an easy comparison right there. But I want you to think about something for a moment. One of the last times we saw some blockbuster moves for teams to go up to the top of the draft in order to select a quarterback came in 2016. We saw the Los Angeles Rams go from number 15 to number one to select Jared Goff. We saw the Philadelphia Eagles go from number eight to number two to select Carson Wentz. Both those teams missed on those quarterbacks. Both those teams ended up winning Super Bowls just a handful of years after these trades. Those picks didn't mean anything to those teams. Missing on the quarterback didn't even mean anything to those teams. The, the Rams gave up two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and two third-round picks to go from 15-1 to one to draft Jared Goff. Since then, they've been to two Super Bowls, one of which was with Goff. They lost that one. And then they went on to win a Super Bowl. The Eagles moved from 8-2. to two. They gave up two first-round picks, a second, a third, and a fourth to draft Carson Wentz. They won a Super Bowl without Wentz, with him on the bench. And then they ended up going to another one with Jalen Hurts. And the teams that got all those picks, all the Bears, all the Bears, they could get all these draft picks to rebuild the franchise. The two teams that were on the receiving end of all the picks from L.A. and Philadelphia, the Titans and the Browns, who since 2016 are a combined four and six in the playoffs, zero Super Bowl appearances, zero Super Bowl championships. What are we talking about here? The idea of giving up a bunch of picks to go up and get a generational quarterback, what are you worried about? If you're the Raiders and you're drafting 13th, what's the problem with giving up the future? What's the problem? All the picks in the world, what is the problem with going up to number one to get this guy? You have not been in the playoffs. You have not won a playoff game in 21 seasons. The only team in the NFL with a longer winning drought in the postseason is Miami at 23. What's the problem? I'm going to take a breath. Ian Fitzsimmons is back. We hope. Uh, gremlins are in the, are in the uh, technical system here, so hopefully uh, I can hang with you here, Things Coach. are afoot at the Circle K. 
I'm assuming you no longer have me. No, I got you. Oh, there we go. Beautiful. All Unload. right, here we go now. Unload. Come on. You need Technology no and I are just having a great time here on a, uh, on a Tuesday morning. <laughs> here, here's a kicker, Joe. I was mentioning, uh, and I don't know where you lost me, but I talked to the same five scouts about Caleb Williams, and they're an independent of one another. They all brought up and invoked the same name when talking about a comparison at just the talent and the person, and that was Andrew Luck, every single one of them. I mean, the brains. He studies his tail off. Uh, the, I mean, he's not ignoring leg day. I promise you that. You can stack books on this dude's calves. And he can make every single throw, all three levels. And he's about – when it drove me nuts about Caleb Williams, and this is why if I'm Washington, I'm moving up one spot. Give, I'll give you three ones and three twos to go to draft day, right, that awful movie with Kevin Costner. You know, while you're eating your pancakes here, three ones and three twos, take them all. I want Caleb Williams, right? And I'm telling you, the, the dude – when Cliff Kingsbury was out at USC, and he's now the offensive coordinator for the Commanders, I asked him, what's the biggest misconception about Caleb Williams? And he said that he plays for the guy in the mirror, that he doesn't care about his teammates. It's the complete opposite. And then you saw that picture after the Utah game, and I did that game with Kesty and Kelly Stauffer here on ESPN Radio. And you saw him sitting on the bench after they lost to Utah on a last-second game-winning field goal by the Utes. Well, you know when he went and sat on the bench, Joe? After the defense gave up the honey. He was standing there cheering his teammates on, going nuts until that kick went through the uprights. And then you saw him crying with his mom, you know, where he should have gone up the tunnel. That was because his team now was eliminated from contending and being in the Pac-12 title game. I still don't get why that was such an such a moment you. that everyone got so worked up about. Like because he's passionate. Player he, is emotional eliminated? after yes. loss. This Thank is you. a negative suddenly. There, he is. He can make every throw. He's a remarkable athlete. Watches as much film as anybody. First guy in, last guy out. And that big part from, from Kingsbury, again, is why if I'm Washington, I'm moving out. Here, here's three, three ones, three twos. If you're New England, you should be trying to do the same damn thing. If you're the Giants at six, if you're the Falcons, every single one of these teams should be trying to make a move up to get Caleb Williams. He is that good. He's a generational talent. Like, if you're the Falcons at eight, what are you thinking other than we need to get up to one to grab this guy? What's it going to cost? That's it. What do you want to do? Your division stinks. The division is wide open. You got Kyle Pitts. You got Drake London. You've got weapons all over the field. You just drafted Bijan Robinson. You bring this kid in. He's got weapons everywhere. What are you thinking if you're the Raiders? It's been 21 years since you won a playoff game. It was Rich Gannon against the Titans <laughs> in the AFC Gannon. Championship. The Raiders are <laughs> irrelevant in their own city. The hockey team has won a Stanley Cup. The women's basketball team has won back-to-back WNBA championships. The city hosted a Super Bowl. Formula One is there every year. The draft. The Raiders are irrelevant. The draft was there. Go get the backyard. quarterback. <laughs> the draft was there. Everything. It's what do you? What is? Oh, we don't want to give up the picks. There's no guarantee you're going to hit on those picks anyway. I mean, look at the Titans and the Browns. They got all those picks from the Eagles and the Rams. It didn't matter. Those teams still went on to win Super Bowls with other quarterbacks. And, Joe, here's the, here's the other side, right? If you're Chicago, you also have Justin Fields. So do you keep him? Or when I was at the Senior Bowl a couple weeks ago, I went and asked every single ACC coach just to see if they all would say the same thing. Give me one offensive player and one defensive player that you're glad is getting the hell out of your league and gone. Every one of them. Like Dabo Sweeney, head coach of Clemson, pointed right out. He goes, Drake May, just get him out of here. Just UNC him, uh, quarterback Drake done. May. Get him out. Gone. And Peyton Wilson, linebacker, NC State. If you're looking for a boy dog side-to-side warrior, 
that just stalks as a linebacker. Hello, Dallas Cowboys. Peyton Wilson is a grown bleeping man. Mike Norvell, same thing on Drake May. Go on down the list. So I know he had a down year last year, but new OC. Tez Walker didn't play half the year. He lost one of his best wideouts to the NFL the previous year. Don't look at the numbers with May. Just look at the person and the overall body of work. So if you're Chicago, you're either keeping fields or, or you're getting a haul for that number one pick and keeping fields, or you're going to go ahead and draft either Drake May or Jaden Daniels, who is a remarkably unique talent, so talented he went and won the Heisman Trophy. So as Albert Breer reports, the Bears could have their decision on the quarterback of the future by next week at the scouting combine in Indianapolis. Some of these other teams, however, they won't even have to wait that long to make some very major decisions. That is coming up next. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, including on Sirius XM Channel 80. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. The 2024 NFL Draft on ESPN Radio. Are you ready? Live from the heart of downtown Detroit, Michigan. The Detroit Lions select. It all begins with round one, Thursday, April 25th. The NFL Draft is now officially open. The countdown rolls on. The 2024 NFL Draft on ESPN Radio, ESPN, and on ABC. Daytona 500 champion William Byron set to join the show in about 12 minutes at 12.30 p.m. Eastern alongside Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Big day in the National Football League today. Starting today, 4 p.m. Eastern and running through Tuesday, March 5th, NFL teams can now begin designating 
franchise or transition players. When it comes to the franchise tag, candidates, according to our own Adam Schefter that you want to pay attention to, number one, Jaguars linebacker Josh Allen, Giants running back Saquon Barkley, Panthers outside linebacker Brian Burns, Raiders running back Josh Jacobs, much like Barkley, same conversation as last year, Bears cornerback Jalen Johnson, Bucks quarterback Baker Mayfield, Bucks safety Antoine Winfield Jr., Colts wide receiver Michael Pittman, Dolphins defensive tackle Christian Wilkins, two big ones for you, Ian Fitzsimmons, Cincinnati wide receiver T. Higgins, and then circling back to the aforementioned giant running back Saquon Barkley. What do you think ends up happening there? Let me start with Higgins because if I'm the Bengals, there's no way in hell I'm letting this guy leave my facility. That's a lot of money at the wide receiver position when you factor in Chase. I get it, but with Joe Burrow coming back, you're going to have to sign Chase. You might have to let Boyd walk, right? But T. Higgins and Jamar Chase on the outside, that's a remarkable combination. And we've seen when everyone's healthy with that offense, uh, especially with Higgins and Chase, man, it's just different. So if if I'm the Bengals – I mean, they probably won't be able to work out a long-term deal. Tag T, I'm sorry, buddy, but you're it. As far as Saquon goes, this one's going to get messy, and you know it, Joe. There, There is no way, because of what happened last year, that this is not going to be just as – I mean, it's, it's going to be insane, man. Because, look, the running back position, we all know it, that the average lifespan of a running back in the NFL is less than three years. Let that sink in. And when you hit that running back cliff, it's the size of the Grand Canyon. Now, I don't think Saquon's hit it yet because his offensive line has been trash. But, man, if you're, if you're the Giants, this is, a, this is a, going to be an interesting debate inside that building. Do you go ahead and tag him and pay him that kind of coin, or do you let him walk? Here's what you do. Let him walk because he wasn't your guy last year. Stop screwing around. What kind of franchise are you? You go back 10, 15 years, the Giants were one of the preeminent franchises in the NFL. Not just because they were winning Super Bowls, just because they ha- how they handled their business. They were one of those first-class cornerstone operations. The Steelers, the Giants, they were always right there. Cornerstone, foundational franchises of the NFL. Now you got this Giants team, every year they're in a debate with the same guy. They're in a dispute with the same guy at the same position. Make him the guy or move on. You consistently have players coming out. Kayvon Thibodeau coming out talking about how surprised they were in the locker room that Daniel Jones got paid and Saquon Barkley didn't. You know, we had Saquon Barkley on this show, Super Bowl week. We were talking about the same thing. Just let him go already. If he's not the guy now, or he wasn't the guy last year, what makes him the guy now? You put a year of wear on his tires and then you want to give him the deal? That, that last part right there, Joe, I'm in step with you. Right? I hate it because I love Saquon. He's fantastic. But it, but it might be better for him, the person and the player, to get out of New York, right? And by the way, if they let him walk, there's a division rival that could use some depth at running back, and that is the Dallas Cowboys. Could you imagine Saquon with Dak and C.D. Lamb, right, and Jake Ferguson at tight end? You go this 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 particular draft class it smells like a first round playoff exit. That's what it smells like. <laughs> well, that's first round playoff right? exit. Okay. Bring them all in. It's a first round playoff exit. Thanksgiving, Christmas, Cowboys <laughs> eliminated. Right? I mean, it, it's just it's, it, it. Put it on a loop, man. It, it, you know it's going to happen, right? Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Cowboys bounce first round. That's like that's just you know the, the passage and the right of life. But can you imagine Saquon 
you know, especially with, with this draft class and the offensive line, you're going to get starters in the third and fourth round. I mean, I'm talking like guys are going to play a decade. It is that deep inside really? and out. Oh, my gosh. The tackle position, interior offensive linemen, it is ridiculously deep. So I'm with you. If, I, if, I'm, if I'm Saquon, I want them to let me walk. Let me hit the open market. And if you're the Giants, you might as well do that because, as you mentioned, there's another year of tread, and you still have to figure out the most important position in sports. What the hell are you doing with Daniel Jones in your quarterback position? Jim Harbaugh, new head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, made it very clear that Saquon Barkley, high on his list of priorities, should he become available. Now, two names we didn't mention when it comes to the fran- franchise tag, which the window opens today, 4 p.m. Eastern. It goes through Tuesday, March 5th. Two names we didn't mention that you may be thinking, how could these guys sleep on? Chris Jones, defensive tackle, Kansas City Chiefs, Mike Evans, wide receiver, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. There's a reason we didn't mention them. They're unlikely to get hit with the franchise tag, according to our own Jeff Darlington, because their price would be far too high. According to his 2023 cap number, this is Darlington speaking, by the way, Bucks wide receiver Mike Evans' projected franchise tag would be $28.4 million. That's a lot of money for one year for one player at one non-quarterback position. On top of that, Chiefs defensive lineman Chris Jones, his projected franchise tag, $32 million. So if something's going to get done, it's probably going to be in the form of a new long-term deal. Now, what do you make of these two candidates? Because the option was floated. Chiefs letting Chris Jones walk and signing Mike Evans to bolster Patrick Mahomes' wide receiver unit. That was Tannenbaum, wasn't it? I, I believe. Evan, who, who floated that? It has to be. That was Darlington who floated that as well? Jeff was Darlington. It, was it JD? Okay, all right. Darlington having a big morning. Probably spinning something on it. You know, I mean, big he has this uncanny ability morning. to spin things on his finger, right? <laughs> and his right index finger. I mean, it truly is remarkable. <laughs> it's a God given gift, uh, a very unique talent. But look, I, 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 there's no way I'm doing that. Chris Jones made a game saving play in the Bills playoff game, Kansas City on the road against the Buffalo Bills, when he just pushes another grown bleeping man into Josh Allen and forces an errant throw that would have been a surefire touchdown. Did it twice in the Super Bowl. We all know the, the, the last one, right? Uh, you know, on the goal line in overtime where he fought, forces Brock Purdy into an errant throw because he got pressure on him. There was another one, the deep Brandon shot. Brandon Ayuk was wide Thank open in the end zone. Thank you very much, Wide man. open in the end zone. And Chris Jones puts pressure on Brock Purdy and busts that touchdown up uh, also. So he is a, just a unique force that led the Chiefs in sacks. There is no way. I am letting that guy out of the building, not just from a playmaking standpoint, but what he brings in that locker room, too. He's a big part of what they do and that attitude that shows up day in, day out on the field. You want a three-peat? You damn sure are not letting Chris Jones leave your building. It also feels like if you keep Chris Jones and you pass on the opportunity to go get Mike Evans, that if you go out on the market and you just kind of throw darts at any free agent wide receivers, you really can't have a worse unit than you had this year, right? No, like, can, can it actually get worse for the Chiefs at wide receiver? Like, there's going to no. be some free agents they could probably bring in for cheap that would be at least moderate upgrades, would they not? Or look at the draft class there, also, man. Yeah, Roman Wilson thing. out of Michigan. I mean, Ricky Pearsall out of Florida. These are guys that, that you can get in the second, third round, Joe. So they are play that you hit on Rasheed Rice. Now you just got to add to it. So I mean, if you're asking me, Mike Evans or Chris Jones, that's a no-brainer. There's again no way I am letting Chris Jones leave my building. Zero chance. Not happening. And that's not that's not a shot at Mike Evans. If I'm the Bucks, I'm banking on Baker. 
I'm paying him like a tier two quarterback. And Baker, take the money, man, because now you have started to revitalize your career. And once you take care of Bake, who took care of Mike Evans by feeding him the ball, then you sign up Mike Evans because you've already shown him this is what we're doing. Here's our future. We kept your guy. The winner of the Daytona 500, William Byron, joins this show, the best NASCAR handicapping show on Sports Talk Radio, next. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Reggie White, who's a defensive end for the Green Bay Packers, says that the firebombing of his church in Knoxville, Tennessee this week was the work of racists who may have been trying to hurt him. First there was one fire, then there was another, then there was another. It wasn't just Reggie's church that burnt down. Hundreds of churches burned in the 90s. I think we have a major problem in our country that we don't want to admit, and that has to do with racism. Was this 1996 or 1956? 30 for 30 podcast and Antsgate presents Through the Flames. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. We're just weeks into this year, and the news is already nonstop. Two overseas wars, a presidential election already testing the democratic process, a former president in court. It can feel impossible to keep up with, but we can help. I'm Brad Milkey, the host of Start Here, the daily podcast from ABC News. Every morning, my team and I get you caught up on the day's news in a quick, straightforward way that's easy to understand. So kickstart your morning. Start smart with Start Here and ABC News, because staying informed shouldn't feel like a chore. This is Carlin versus Joe. Checkered flag is in the air, and William Byron has won the Daytona 500. William Byron out front when it mattered the most. I can't believe it, man. This is incredible. To make it to the Daytona 500 to win the race is pretty amazing. So thankful. I got a great team, and uh, Exalta, Chevrolet, everybody. William Byron, you have won the Daytona 500. What's up? Honestly, it hasn't really sunk in. Audio courtesy of MRN alongside Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. And we have with us right now your 2024 Daytona 500 champion, William Byron. William, thank you so much for your time. I want to just start right here. Congratulations on the win. You told our own Ryan McGee last night that it hadn't really sunk in yet. Well, now it's the next day. Has the fact that you are the Daytona 500 champion sunk in yet? Yeah, for sure. It's starting to. Thanks for having me. It's a really cool 24 hours for sure. I mean, we uh, we got done with the race late last night, and um, you know, here in New York now. So it's it's been a, a crazy uh, crazy day and a half. It's like you won the Super Bowl, man. I mean, think about this, William. You're, you're like a Super Bowl-winning quarterback where your life has now changed forever. I mean, how, how different is a day in the life of William Byron going to be now that you are a Daytona 500 champ? Yeah, I, it's special. I mean, I haven't, I haven't given it a ton of thought. I mean, it just uh, – I, I think, honestly, it'll set in over the years, hopefully, of my career, just knowing how important this race is and what it means and – a lot of times you don't have a ton of opportunities to win this race. So, um, you know, it's just a, it's really special to do it with my team. And we've been on quite the roll for the last, you know, 
year um, just with uh, some of some of the wins and things. So this one definitely is is probably P1 of, of ever. So it's pretty cool. William Byron, Daytona 500 champion, joining us here at Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio. All right, that's enough of the PG stuff. How do you celebrate a win at Daytona? <laughs> I can't imagine you're having dinner and going to bed. No, I mean, we, we had to be here uh, pretty early, but we, uh, yeah, we got in at like 3 a.m., but definitely had a, a few beers with the guys. And, <laughs> um, I'm sure there's a lot there's a lot to come, so <laughs> it'll be nice. How good did that first sip of that ice-cold beer taste after you took the checkered flag? <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, that was the only hydration after after the <laughs> race. So, um, but uh, yeah, it's amazing when you burn off a few uh, a few pounds in the race. It definitely uh, it's definitely interesting. But but yeah, it was it was fun after the fact being able to celebrate with my guys. How much weight do you tend to lose during a race like that? Um, typically three to four pounds. I mean, luckily yesterday wasn't too hot inside the car, so. But typically, um, it's usually 20 to 30 degrees hotter inside the car than it is outside. So uh, yesterday was about 65 outside. So it was about 100 degrees inside the car uh, for most of the race. But um, so, yeah, a day like that is is not too bad. But once we get in the summer months, it gets pretty taxing. Well, William, take us on to the track because we were all waiting for the big one to finally hit, and that big crash finally hit late in the race. So if you can, take us into the car with you. What is that like when you see that bad boy all of a sudden unfolding? Yeah, honestly, the, the, the crashes are um, just a part of Daytona. It's, it's really crazy racing, and the racing is so tight together. Uh, there's so many guys in a tight group. So honestly, for me, it's just trying to focus on – making sure I, I give the right pushes to the guys around me and making sure that I don't, um, you know, get somebody crooked or off center. And uh, it just all happens so quickly that it takes a lot of focus. You know, let's go to later in the race at the end. Did you know right away that you had won? Because you and teammate Alex Bowman were right next to each other and there's another wreck and then you're going into the last lap. How long did it take for you to realize you had just become the champ? I think honestly – you know, I, I knew we were close. Um, so I wasn't going to celebrate too early because I knew it was, it was definitely, um, you know, you just never know in those races. And I've never, I don't think I've ever won a race that you take the white flag and then you're waiting to hear whether you're the winner or not. So, um, that was unique for sure, but I felt like we had done our job. We put ourselves in that position and, uh, and it was just kind of up to however the fate had it of, of who was in front. All right, so wait, 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 that's one part. Just as a guy, we all love sports, right, in competition, and you're an athlete. Would you rather win that bad boy racing or the way you want it under caution? Because to me, just, just hearing um, your tone of voice. It would I, be. I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I, beggars can't be choosers, but I, I would say, I mean, winning it under under green would be would be awesome, but um, it definitely after the fact didn't, didn't matter much. You don't so care. It was, it. Uh, yeah, it was kind of like a blowout versus a, a close game, but yeah. William, don't listen to that idiotic question. Winning Daytona is winning Daytona. You, you shouldn't have even addressed that. You just won That's the right. biggest, baddest race on the planet. William Byron, Daytona 500 champion, joining us here. Carlin versus He's Joe. an athlete. He, Ball, he wants to win racing, man. He won the race. He doesn't need your nitpicking as to the best way to win the race. Well, would you rather have beaten Jordan or would you rather have beaten LeBron? It doesn't matter. Championships are championships. You know, speaking of which, you led That's the sport. Right. You had six wins last season. Obviously, none of them Daytona. Yeah. How does this one compare to those six? Yeah, I mean, you know, all six of the wins last year were definitely special in their own way, but this one is is unique for sure. And 
um, there's only one race like it. So you try to cherish those opportunities. And, you know, each time you go to Daytona, you think about what would it mean? And, and you just try to try to capture that. So, um, yeah, definitely hope, hope to have a really strong season again. Um, there's a lot of work to do to, to have our you know season go well, but, uh, this is a good start. And, and William, if you can, kind of put into perspective also, because you have a unique upbringing when it, came, when it comes to racing. You didn't grow up like racing on dirt tracks and whatnot. If you can, explain to everyone here who's a fringe fan how your journey was a little bit different. Yeah, it was definitely unique. I grew up racing on the computer, so I, I raced on uh, in simulation, and uh, that's how I got my start in the sport was learning how to drive through iRacing. So, it's definitely unique. A lot of people got started in go-karts and quarter midgets at a young age, but uh, for me, I, I took a really different path. and um, It definitely made the learning curve steep, but I feel like in a lot of ways it helped me um, stand out against my competitors and have a bit more of an analytical approach. Hell yeah. William Byron Jr., Daytona 500 champion, analytics bringing it to the table here. Carlin versus Joe ESPN Radio. You drive the 24 car. 24 car obviously has a lot of history with Jeff Gordon. How important has Jeff been to your career uh, now in his new role with your team? Yeah, Jeff's been huge. You know, he's been very involved with uh, the race team, and I feel like he's always been a mentor since I got to Hendrick. Honestly, we met once I was already kind of working on signing with Hendrick. We met, and uh, we just hit it off, and He's been a he's been a big um, mentor in my career, just to to learn a lot from him in the past and his past experiences he shares with me. One last question for you, and I'm a casual fan of the sport. I always found this interesting. Now I actually have a chance to ask you, so I'm going to ask you. You go by William. I always thought Billy Byron Jr. would be a really badass NASCAR name. How come you don't go by Billy yeah. Byron? Well, my dad is uh, is is Bill, so he. Uh, he took that and and um, but yeah, some of my some of my friends used to call me that, but I, I nixed that pretty quickly. <laughs> okay, okay, so it's preference because I was gonna say Billy Byron Jr. is a hell of That's a NASCAR, a great NASCAR name. name, and you got the junior at <laughs> yeah. the end. I mean, come on. That's true. That's true. But then again, it's sports talk radio guys telling the Daytona champion how to live his life. That doesn't really make a lot of sense. So you go ahead and you live your dream, William, because we're thrilled to have you on the show. It's been fantastic to have a few minutes with you. Go celebrate. Go enjoy it. William Byron Jr., Daytona 500 champion. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. Well, there it is. I got to the bottom of one of my great questions in life. You've been wanting to pose that question to him for a while, so now you finally got your answer. Dad's bill, didn't want the confusion in the household. Bam, he's William. Since COVID. Literally since COVID. That's yeah, no joke. I was watching a lot of NASCAR during COVID because there was nothing else to bet on. And they were doing the simulations, right? I mean, so... No, real NASCAR. They got back on the track before any other sports were being played. Oh, that's right. But they were doing the, the, the semis even before yeah. they actually got out there. And I think his journey, think about that, man. He was in a simulator yeah. learning how to race and then finally had to get back out on the track. As he said, the learning curve was a little bit steeper for him, but it also had him thinking one step ahead. So, unique journey and just a... Remarkable race yesterday. It was very good to us yeah. from a financial standpoint. We are a very sharp NASCAR handicapping syndicate that poses as a sports talk radio show here on ESPN Well, we radio. reach out to people that actually know a hell of a lot about <laughs> yeah, it, right. and then we just steal their ideas of who to wager on. Notice that when we went with the people who knew it, they were talking about we won, and when we did anything on our own, we lost, we had, and we lost bad. Like professionals <laughs> all across. <laughs> when, yeah, it came, right, when it came to our own decision-making, 
terrible job. As the NBA gets ready for their second half, which team will hoist the Larry O'Brien and who is bound for a second half collapse? A lot of big questions with some big answers coming your way. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fornball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Punishment here. Now streaming, FX's Shogun. My master asks, what do you seek here? To vanquish our common enemies. Based on the global bestseller by James Clavell. War is coming. The epic saga of war, passion, and power. Let it come. FX's Shogun. Now streaming on Hulu. Stumbled into a heated debate this morning, like most of these things start. Just some dumb comment that immediately led to a bunch of knuckleheads fighting each other. And we said, you know what? Pause. Let's just do this on air. We'll turn it into work. Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fortenball, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. So, Ian, here's how the game works. We're going to play something called Make the Comp. The handman, back from vacation, is going to fire off the name of an NBA team. You and I are going to take turns comparing that NBA team to its NFL counterpart. So if you hear, for example, let's say Detroit Pistons, who would be the NFL comp of the Detroit Pistons? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, it would be the Carolina Panthers. So let's get after it. Let's go. <laughs> All right, Handman, who's number one? The Phoenix Suns. Oh, I'll take this one. Phoenix Suns. Welcome to your brother in arms, the Miami Dolphins. A lot of sizzle, a lot of flash, a lot of excitement, a lot of offensive star power, questions about the defensive side of the ball or court, questions about whether or not you can stay healthy, questions about whether or not you match up well in big spots late in the season. Making the NBA comp of the Phoenix Suns, that, ladies and gentlemen, is the Miami Dolphins. Who's number two? The Los Angeles Clippers. This one was a little more difficult, uh, but I'm going to go with the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> you got star appeal. You have one of the best players in your game, yet you still can't get over the hump and get to the big tamale, meaning that you chase for the Lario. You know, much like the Bills right now, you know, especially with Josh Allen, a quarterback, they are so good, so talented, yet they've got that one squad they can't seem to get by every single year and that's the Kansas City Chiefs so they end up not even getting to the Super Bowl well the Clippers man just go ahead and rattle off whichever team you want to replace the Chiefs they get to the postseason and for some reason going back to the Chris Paul days Doc Rivers now you name it they for some reason trip over their own feet and cannot find a way to get to the NBA Finals you give me the Clippers, I give you their NFL comp, the Buffalo Bills. All right. So we have the Suns and the Dolphins, the Clippers and the Bills. Who's number three? The Philadelphia 76ers. Oh, this one's a walk in the park. I've been doing this for a while. Dude, the Sixers yeah. or the Baltimore Ravens. Take the rest of the segment. It go. is go. the perfect comparison. People get mad when I compare the two. They try to tell me I'm wrong. I- I'm not. I will be as steadfast as humanly possible. Joel Embiid, shake hands with Lamar Jackson. That's your counterpart. 
two guys who do one of two things. They either dominate the regular season or they get hurt. This year, Jackson stayed healthy. Last year, he was hurt. Last year, Embiid was healthy, won the MVP award. This year, he's hurt. And when they are healthy and they do get to the playoffs, they flame out in spectacular fashion. The Sixers cannot get past the second round of the playoffs because that's the first round where you play a real opponent. And the Ravens can't beat anybody of note when the postseason rolls around. Fact. Ravens fans can get as mad as they want. Jackson supporters can get as mad as they want. Lamar Jackson is Joel Embiid. The Baltimore Ravens are the Philadelphia 76ers. Who else we got? The New York Knicks. I got to follow that. I I think you got you can come up with a good one. Here. I got to follow that. It doesn't get any better. But I will, I will. Here we go. Knicks are the Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys <laughs> oh. are the New York Knicks. Big time market, brash ownership, right? And yet they find a way to fail miserably every single year. You go up from Carmelo Anthony, he's Tony Romo. Brunson, meet Dak Prescott. Uh, and you have major markets with fan bases that are absolutely head over heels obsessed with their teams and every single year they get emotionally invested they get financially invested by buying tickets and overpriced parking and the next thing you know you are broke and your team still stinks so i give you (laughs) the knicks in a major market the cowboys in a top five market and two fan bases that know that they are going to be crying in their beers every single year yet they are still invested and their beloved ball clubs. The people in the equation that deserve credit are the aforementioned fan bases because they keep showing up. Like that Knicks fan base is fantastic given what that franchise has provided them over the last two decades. Think, Think about this. In that playoff game at Jerry World at the Death Star against the Green Bay Packers, here where I live in Dallas, Texas, it was negative seven when fans started to tailgate really? in, Dallas, in Arlington, Texas. <laughs> Buddy of mine, Chris Canellas owns Burger House. Phenomenal burger, the three-way. It's, it's absolutely awesome. <laughs> Get the three-way. Let me tell you, he was he, he's, he's setting up his tailgate, Joe. The tomatoes froze the moment he <laughs> took them out of the wrapper. And you're going through that kind of hell to watch your team again fail miserably Get in run. the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> Handman, who else we got? The Boston Celtics. Oh, piece of cake. San Francisco 49ers. If not now, when? Boston Celtics. If not now, when? Much like the San Francisco 49ers, you are the cream of the crop in your conference. And all of your top competition has major flaws. The Niners look to the Eagles and the Cowboys. Cowboys can't win in the postseason. Eagles imploded down the stretch. If you're the Celtics, you look to the Bucs and the Sixers. Sixers lost Joel Embiid. The Bucs can't figure it out with Dame Lillard. They've already fired one head coach. They play a lousy brand of defense on the other end. Miami's just kind of toiling away. Cleveland's been hot, but do you trust him in the postseason? The stage is set for a deep playoff run. If not now, when? The Boston Celtics meet the San Francisco 49ers. You are two peas in a pod. Next one. The Denver Nuggets. This one's easy. Kansas City Chiefs. Okay. MVP, champ, trying to go back to back. Need, need I say more? And you have a remarkable generational type talent in Jokic, right? Where the Joker looks like he is ready to pass out due to fatigue in warm-ups. And you look up, <laughs> and he's 38 minutes of remarkable play, you know, every single night. I think he averages around 35, if I'm not mistaken. And here's a triple-double he's going to hang on you while going again and contending for another MVP and year in, year out, contending and winning titles. 
The Denver Nuggets, I give you the Kansas City Chiefs. Two additional comps to add in there. Number one, Kansas City this year didn't blow everyone away in the regular season like they've done in previous years. Denver's the same way. And number two, Jokic and Mahomes. Take their shirts off. What do you have in common? Dad bod gods. Good old-fashioned dad bod. Neither guy about to win Mr. Olympia. Sign me up on that category also. Yeah. That's that's what do Ian Fitzsimmons, Nikola Jokic, and Patrick Mahomes have in common? Guts. <laughs> I don't I wouldn't even... not the kind of an internal fortitude guts. type of guts. Just an actual physical <laughs> gut where I think finally after going to the senior bowl for a week and after an entire football season, I can actually see my feet without having to use a mirror. We're getting there. The the uh the missus, if I'm not mistaken, she puts you on a program after you're done with football season, does she not? Every year you love this story. I love Every it. year before my first game she puts me on the scale <laughs> and then after the last game <laughs> is that number just like hanging scale. up in the bedroom <laughs> 214 to start the year dude 228 at the end and that wasn't including going to the senior bowl 14 pounds of just filthy fat so when you know that second weigh-in's coming do you try to like cut weight like a ufc fighter you put yourself in the sauna for a few hours to try to trick her don't drink any water at all right. i mean just stay away just weigh in early in the morning man. why do you look so terrible i haven't had water in three days but you were eating pizza last night it Went defeats from 234 the to 228 i had to do that to get to 228 the things that jerry jones does they should not surprise us at that this point yet what just happened recently? It's going to shock you. That's coming up next. Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fornball, Carlin versus Joe, right here on ESPN Radio, including on TuneIn. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.